Welcome to Via Podcast. My name's Nick Mins. Uh, tonight's podcast, uh, I'm very, very lucky to be joined by a gentleman who at the moment is live with us in Australia, which is absolutely amazing. Um, Rob Larson's joining me today. He's um, got a Facebook group, which is called uh, Advantage Mindsets. I'd um, advise anybody who's on this channel listening to kind of give it a check out. It's brilliant. I know there's a skipping rope challenge, which is coming up in the next uh, the next week, which I'm going to get involved with. So yeah, give it a check out. But Rob, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. Absolute pleasure to have you on the on the podcast tonight. Yeah, Nick. Thank you very much. And um, it's a real privilege to, to be able to speak to someone that's so many miles outside the world. And um, yeah, it's, it's incredible what you're doing so far. And it, it's really cool to see so many men getting on here, getting vulnerable and getting down to business um, in some really tough places. Um, so I'm really happy to be speaking with you today. And yeah, thank you for putting it out there, the skipping challenge in a group. <laughs> um, but yeah, these are just little things to to try and, and start. Like it doesn't have to be huge, man, but it's one sentence, one conversation with the right person at the right time. And and you're off and running, you know. Um so let's do it. Yeah, that's it to right that. Um so what we'll do first is we'll really just um if you just want to tell us what your experience has been like with with mental health and if you like your kind of journey really. Okay. <clears throat> I have to clear the throat, man. No, sorry. Um, the apologies, but it's been a it's been a long journey. But particularly, it's twenty twenty one. But take me back seven years. I'd even say longer. I take me back eight years. Things are really moving, like in a incredible direction for me. Um, I thought I'd found my feet. Um, I was flying. I had so many things unfolding in front of me. Uh, the world was my oyster. Um, as a personal trainer, I just finished uh, getting accredited and I'd been given a job at a, a large franchise as a personal trainer. And before I turned up for day one, I had my first experience of a, be it a drug-induced psychosis. And I discovered after, it was about three to four months of admission in a hospital ward that I'd come back to the, wor the world and was given a piece of paper with, with some diagnoses down on there and some reasons for a discharge paper. Um, and from that day forward, things are very different. Um, I mean, I, I took that, this new diagnosis, like it was a, a sacred organ vital part of my life and it was drummed into my mind that my life was never going to be any better 
this is as good as it gets. You'll be back in this hospital if you don't do exactly what we tell you to do. This is very serious. People don't get better. Like, I had treatment team around me, staff, people. They're feeling the pinch. It's, it's a um, it's a hard world to work in in community mental health, particularly public system. But um, I've experienced some very traumatic, serious, psychotic episodes with serious detachment, delusions, um, false beliefs, and I've been the savior. You know, I've, I've painted messages in blood. You know, smeared my crap all over the walls. Like I've, because I was so mad. You know, I, you want to treat me like an animal? I'll show you one. I can remember, I can remember acting out that way, just because of how I was being treated. But from the outside looking in, I just see a crazy person drawing symbols on the wall with this blood and you know throwing his crap around. But um. Yeah, so that's the extreme picture. Uh, but leading up to, to that moment, I was, I'd found a purpose, a direction, wanted to help people. Um, and I quickly realized that it wasn't making people achieve athletic goals and dreams. And I wanted to do like athletic development, sports science coaching, you know, and doing a lot of boxing training and stuff at the time and I was training the house down, you know. But I had this this organic advantage of mania that was constantly kind of like riding in the background. So without what's happened between then and now, it's really hard to recognize that there's something that's not quite right you know um but i've had a road it's a lot longer than those seven years which is it's a big journey but it starts to the more that i've been accountable and, and started to pull my head out of the sand on my proverbial rear end i've been able to accept that actually there's there's patterns of behavior in my life that they're not helping me and if I change those it's possible but for a, for a while it took me a, it took about three years to work that out so I had one more stay in hospital that was quite quite short in comparison about a month and I don't think I ended up in restraints or isolation, but I, I had a, I met my now fiance. I've been with her nearly six years. And honestly, without her, I'd probably still be taking drugs, running in the muck, ruining my life in the chaos. And, and, um, so a lot of a lot of this is testament to to having that support of somebody who's really there. Um, 
And that comes from a childhood growing up in a, a household that, yeah, it was functional and my parents did the best they could, you know, but a lot of us probably in the early 90s, 80s, 70s and earlier might have caught the last train out of Vietnam and still had parents, uh, particularly father figures that were well hard and just don't believe in feelings and it's, it's not cool to be sad. Uh, there's something wrong with you if you if you're gonna cry, and and yeah, like if that's drummed in at an early age, it can set you up for some real challenging times in in your intimate relationships and and other places of your life. Um, but now I'm working for a a large non-for-profit organisation, is in Australia as Nimai National and they they are it's a, around almost 1100 employees in total and it's it's all over spread around different services resis um, mental health services disability support it's all over Australia so it's really cool to to now be a part of something bigger and and I, I've become a really avid and, and passionate advocate for, for mental health. Um, advocacy is a, it's a big word, man. Like it's, when you say like, um, I'm a mental health advocate, people instantly think maybe you, you speak to thousands of people like a Tony Robbins or something. And, Advocacy is, advocacy is is so simple in the, the easiest form. It's, it's just saying hello to somebody or even seeing somebody who's who looks like they're having a real shit time. Maybe just crack a smile at them and who knows? Maybe you'll make them smile too. And as, as simple as it sounds, that's advocacy, you know, because it can make a real difference. And um, so now I started my next part of this venture is, is to really start sharing my own life and knowledge and what hasn't worked, what I'm doing, and just trying to have conversations with more people that, that just, that's what they need to do. Start talking, you know, at your own pace. Yeah, def definitely. I'd, you know, I mean, I'd I'd bottle things up for a, around about fifteen years. You know, like not really telling many people outside of it. And, and you know, my wife, my wife had known, you know, has, has known for a long time that I've struggled. You know, my mum, but all my friends, my friend network, and and people who I've who I've managed to get to know through, you know, coaching or or you know, their playing football or you know none of them even had a, a single clue and I suppose the big thing for me is it always felt like like you say like you, you know it, it becomes a little bit like uh, you, you can't admit what's going on because you'll you'd be seen as weak you'll be seen as that you know you're failing as a man 
you know, I do believe that there's there's a lot of you know that masculine. Um, I'm gonna put it. It's that masculine bravado, if you like that. You know, I think drives a lot of men to keep silent, to not, to not speak. It's, it's like um, a friend of mine said. You know, two women can sit down and have a coffee, not know each other, and he says, "You bet your life, by the end of that, that coffee, they'll know who they're married to. You know, they'll know a little bit about the life because you know they're a lot more open and they talk a lot more. Whereas, I think men have a tendency to sit down." and the talk, but they try to keep the conversation on things which doesn't involve having to get in touch with emotions. That's how I've always found it. And, you know, if you were at, if you were at the pub with uh, with four or five friends, it's how many people, if you, if, if they said to you, how oh, you've been? And if you said, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I ain't been great. I'm struggling with, with depression. I'm struggling with anxiety. It's how many of them friends would sit there and go, oh, all right, yeah. Uh, how many of them would go? Oh, actually, I need to. I need to go to the toilet. Or I need to take a phone call. Or I just need to nip to the bar. You know, he's always. You know, this. I think there's a big part of that of of men just like, oh, we we don't talk about feelings. We, we don't need to talk about it. I mean, I don't know if you if, if, say if you if you found that as well. You know, if if you have like like male friends, you know, female friends are so so much easier to talk to about these things because they do open up a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's certainly a, a big factor. Like I, I just paint the same scenario, man. If, if I was 23, 22, 23, when my world really started to crumble around me and people could see there was stuff going on um, at the pointy end, you know, and they started to get real concerned, but in the six months leading up to that, whereas it was tearing me in so many different directions and it was so confusing. If I, if we were watching the footy at the pub and I said to someone, hey, like, you know, I'm just not really sure. I think there might be something wrong with me or like I need some help. They'll be like, get another beer. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Yeah, we try to watch the game. Just enjoy it. You know, we don't want to talk about that shit. We're at the pub. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like when you you separate different things into feelings of like pleasure and pain, and it's it's like uh, a lot of the guys in in the circles have been in. They're working jobs trade jobs, stress, you know, it's hard work, you're up early, it's in traffic, there's a lot of things that are going to get to you throughout the day. And you carry your tool bag around and you don't talk about your feelings. If you've got feelings, get the fuck off the site, you know. Um, can't bring them to work, mate. That's one of the things that I've heard said a lot of times is you don't bring your feelings to work, you know. If you want to bring your feelings, there's the gate. And it's it's actually like looking back, I think, wow, that's that's pretty frightening to think that there's young men and young guys growing up, adolescents, sixteen year olds turning up to job sites, going through so many changes in their lives, and there's still guys out there running crews 
saying, hey, mate, pick your chin strap up, get on with it. I don't pay you to have feelings, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been, you know, I've been very similar to that with regards to, like, employee, you know, employees, well, employers being like that. You know, we've turned up for, for geometry views or you've turned up at, for a day at work for your shift and you just, you know, you're not feeling it. You're not, you don't feel like you're mentally in the right place. And they do say, look, right, you're here to do a job. Leave you for, you know, when you walk through that door, you leave your feelings at the door or you leave your what's going on at the door and you focus on your work. And I sometimes think that that reality of, of being able to do that, it's not always possible. You know, just because you step through a door don't mean you can switch on. You know, you, you just forget, especially, I mean, there was a gentleman who I used to used to work with and he was going through a, quite a heavy divorce at the time. So he was really down. And yet he got told by one of the gaffers, you know, don't be bringing your shit to work. You know, you're here to do your job. You're not here to, to the thing, you know, just, just get on with your work, get on with your be a job and you kind of think it's where that support network is you know for, for like you say the young'uns who are coming up who are going through all these different changes and it's not like not just physically physically but mentally you know they're, they're coming out of education and then they're going into you know into the big world they're going into employment and for some it falls quite naturally but for others you know they're going to struggle and especially if they're in you know invited into a an environment where it's very heavy pressure straight away, then it's just going to end up building from really. I mean, um, one of the things I was, I was going to ask you was what is, um, what's the kind of support like, uh, like the mental health support like in, um, in Australia? Tell you, I got super lucky. Man, like, and I don't know if it was, I just heard the right thing at the right time, or if it was, I know for a fact, actually, being in the sector, working with, with people that are a lot older than I am, um, you know, they're in the, the back half of their middle age, so they're early 50s, late 40s, um, some of them in their mid 30s, it's like, the the gaps there and, and the differences in maybe just, yeah, 10 years of, of experience being just a decade further down the road, I was so much more supported at a crucial point um, and had far more access. So when I first had my first psychosis, experience i was 22 so in australia and, and victoria you can access um you can access youth mental health services until 25 in most districts and areas and then there's there's a few services on the tail end up to 26 and it's uh as soon as you bridge from youth to adult mental health care in the community, it's like you had this, it's, there's no contrast. It's, it's just 
it's frightening. Like I walked out of a service that I was utilizing in the public system for three near on four years. And I could see a social worker, an OT, I could have psychology a couple of times a week and there was groups, plenty of them and communities you can get involved in. Did I get involved with all of these things at once? No way. Did I access them all by the end? No way. But I did at some point realize that this can help me and I need to do it. But just, I'd already caught the footy, so to speak. And I was running, you know, I was going straight to, to the goal line. And so I already had the ball, I was on the field. But when you're still just like, you haven't even showed up to the ground, you're, you're miles from even considering being on the interchange. It's really hard to, to you know, put your hands up and say, yep, I'm ready, chuck it here. And um, yeah, so the transition into adult mental health is like I walked into a building, same feel, same type of building, still awkward as all shit, but just like show up. They ask a few questions, what do you want? And I said, well, you know, when I was in the youth service, hang on, mate, this ain't youth service. Like you're here, I'm just gonna talk to you for 10 minutes and then I'm gonna see you in a few months. And it's like, I was on a, I was on a, a thing in Australia. It's cause I was sectioned, like properly sectioned. The last time I went to hospital, it's like mandatory inpatient unit stay. I was on a, a CTO, which is compulsory treatment order. And it's, it's basically the closest you can get to a jail sentence in a hospital, um, in a sense, it's not like going to jail, but. When I turned up to this adult center, I was still on this order and he just looked at me and goes, you don't need to be on a CDO, just sign the paper, see you later. And um, at that point it was probably right, you know, but but God, I was, I was not ready for that. I was like, well, hang on, you know, who's gonna carry my bundle for me? So yeah. I don't know, that probably doesn't really sum it up, but um, there's definitely more emphasis on, on youth services and, and more funding, but there's reasons. And it, it is because that the adult mind and, and particularly like a man, you know, you've already built this facade, you've got this impenetrable, wall around vulnerability and emotional connection to others and it's frightening you know um the pleasure stuff is easy but anything that's maybe a bit more challenging being responsible for someone else's pain and and actually being able to sit with that and go all right i've really upset you and, and connecting to it that's super hard and a lot of us, myself included, will just revert to shutting off is my go-to. 
And if shutting off's not working, it's probably something else that's worse, like um, not violence, but but yelling or, or blame. You know, let's shift the blame. Let's start picking you apart because you're really upset because I've, I've been um, neglecting your emotional needs. And, and I don't want to be responsible for that. So you're the biggest asshole in the world right now. Yeah. Um, I've sort of gone away from the services now, but, but yeah, the services could be a lot better. Um, especially if I have a, a different lens to look through now, whereas I get to go at times and support others to, to make these first steps to open up and talk and, and sometimes some some of these people there's 30 40 years of trauma and craziness in their life that's so otherworldly and and the biggest problem in the service is this separation six degrees of separation really like it's as soon as you sit in a room with a professional, they play a role and they have to stick to it because there's so many little, you know, policies, procedures, I's to dot and T's to cross. And they don't want to be held accountable for anything that might happen. And it's in, this, in a place where your emotions need to be brought into the space for you to start really making some ground, it's almost impossible, you know? And that's why I'm, I'm here now talking to you because this is what works um, for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, think, I think talking is just very underrated uh, and, it, you know, as a, as, as a sort of um, as a treatment more than anything, do you know? I think doctors and, and a lot of mental health services are, are so quick to kind of go down the medication route. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I understand that some like certain medications do work alongside certain treatments, um, but I think uh, you know, I think a lot of the time people are just they just they just want someone to talk to. They just want they just and, and it's and sometimes it's just a, a, someone who's not connected to say the family. Cause I mean, I was always the same. Like I didn't like kind of talking to my family about things cause I didn't want them to worry about myself. I didn't want to seem like I was a burden to them. You know, if, if it's like that thing of you just shut off, you shut off your emotions and you just don't talk about it because I can't talk to my family because straight away, if I talk to my family, then I'm going to feel worse. So you just think if I if I don't make it worse and I just kind of hide away from it a little bit, I'll be okay, you know. The, it's yeah, it's really like a bit of a double edged sword. You you, you think yeah. you're doing right by hiding from it or subduing it, but you're just making it worse because you are not kind of facing it and facing it, facing what's going on is 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 one of the hardest things that I think I've had to do. Like just accepting. That I have suffered from depression, as you know, accepting that I struggle with health anxiety, that acceptance 
I've just been if I if I don't if I ignore it, it it doesn't exist. That's how I've always thought about it in the past. If I if I don't acknowledge it, I don't have to imagine it's real, even though I've known for a long time that that's been there, and it has been difficult to to kind of face it head on. But it is definitely, I would say, the best thing I've done for hundred percent. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. That's uh, it's um, even just just for me to to listen to you talk about uh, the burden of of your own emotional distress and suffering, and bringing that to your your family and being like, hey, you know, nah, fuck that. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to. I don't want to tell them. I'm just going to keep it to myself. And then it, the double-edged sword for me is is instantly that thought process even just hear someone say it or, or run it through my own mind it starts to make me feel the void of loneliness again it's like it starts taking me back into those emotions in that place and that's a good thing to be able to connect to that but it's almost like if you're feeling like that and thinking that way and you're keeping it hidden locked away how the hell is anybody around you gonna know you know and it's you can see it i don't like to do this to like gender separate things and but it needs necessary man it's like you can tell when a, a woman or a girl is really upset and they'll they'll let you know because because it's a, a different emotional charge it's a different stimulus and a different hormone sort of structure in their body and that's it's just a different kind of of way of operation so but for, for a man it's it's a stark opposite and then when things go wrong that's that's why you know i hate to say it but that's why men will paint their brain over the bedhead you know and no one will have known they were happy. They left work at four o'clock and they've gone home. And next thing you know, they've yeah, they've put a mosaic over the wall. Um, so it's really frightening, man. That's that's why this talking like this is so necessary. It's um, the more people that that talk, the more people are going to see it. And when it comes from a place that's it's like, hey. You know, this is a real problem. Let's not fluff it out and put pretty colours all over it all the time. But there's better things on the other side. It's just we've got to do some work to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you you know you have you've got you've got to be willing to. It, it's the same, you know. It'll be that old-fashioned thing that a lot of a lot of blokes and all the older blokes and older dads will say. You know, if you want, if if you really want something, you got to work for it, and it, it it's a similar thing with with like you know escaping and getting over mental health, you know, or, or learning to live with it. It's like you say, even people I've talked to who have been, um, who've gone through, you know, uh, depression and stays in hospital and and things like that, they've kind of got to the other side of it. But like you've just said, you can kind of reconnect to that time 
but that's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing being able to reconnect to those times that have happened. As soon as you reconnect to those times, you start to realise, yeah, I was in that place, but look where I am now. Look at that work that happened to get me to where I am now. Yeah. You know, and, and there'll be loads of people who'll be mid-treatment like myself. And, you know, there is there is the days where where it's tough and there's days where you just want to stay in bed. But I always, I mean, I'm 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 lucky that I've got a brilliant family around me. I've got a, you know a brilliant wife, four absolutely amazing kids, you know, and they drive me forward every day. Every day it drives me forward to to push more, to kind of rediscover who I was before all of this, really. Because I suppose blokes kind of you know, and anybody who's gone through it can kind of lose themselves. You know, this this person who who, who it is now. You know, that mask of mental health becomes to what you kind of known as or what you know yourself as. There's days where you look in the mirror and you don't really understand who the person is who's looking back at you. But until you kind of you do the work to learn what's got you there and you do the work to address those situations and move forward, I don't think, you know, people have just got to be willing to put the work in to get by it really. Yeah. I think mean, one of the next things I wanted to wanted to speak about, you know, is um advantage mindsets, really, to be honest with you. I mean I've just started watching some of the stuff. Um what was the was it a, a walk that you did? Yeah, I mean I for for a long time I before before I decided to get back on social media, because social media has just been a massive, I've loathed it, I've hated everything about it, what it does, the, the lack of connection with the possibility of so much um, human connection through social media. And there's a very, very small percentage of, of that that's happening. So I really was very quiet and vacant from from Facebook. I did use Instagram, but only like photos of bikes and cars and whatever else. But once I decided to to start putting my own positive messages out there and and just trying to tackle things in, in my own way, because I know that the impact is far greater than where I am at the moment in my professional role. Um, and there's, there's a lot of constraints around what I can say. So I started Advantage Mindsets with the aim just to, just to connect with people who are maybe five years, 10 years, three years back down the road from where I've been in some sense. Maybe not totally to their environment or not down to a T, but they're going through similar feelings, thoughts, and, and situations that are very, very similar. So, um, yes, some people might find that my stories might be a little bit confronting in, in some places, but like I've heard other stories that make my life look like fairy floss, man. And, and it's like, that brings your perception back to it so I thought what can I do 
and it's at first I was playing it a little bit safe for a few days because oh you know what are people going to think about me what are they going to say you know I don't want the judgment and things like that but then the reality of, of sitting on that and going if I can't accept that some people won't connect with what I'm going to say or or I'm holding back then the people that are holding back that are hearing the message are going to hold back you know and it's it's they're going to see through the that facade they're going to see through those walls that that this person's sort of he's holding back man like he's not being a hundred percent real he's scripted it a bit probably done a few takes you know i find that if if you just get on and just put live stuff out there it's sometimes you can't depending on where you are like internet and stuff like that but but to just go live is huge it's scary like you know, every time I go to hit that live button, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, just do it and just press it now to record and let's start talking. And, and a few people have said to me, like, I really like it because every time you start a live, you say you don't really know what you're going to say. And it's, it's true. I get on and I just start running with whatever comes. So, yeah, but I, that's it. I just put in a message out and then. I'm not a superhero. I'm not famous. I'm not good at any sports. I'm not paid athlete. I just go out. I consider myself the average all-rounder. I just go out and have the crack. And, and life's about having a crack, man. So the walking, I thought, yeah, lots of people got a dog. My dog needs walking. She's a uh, German short hair pointer. So I thought, I'll just walk for 30 days. Every morning, I'll make a habit of getting up. And I'm still getting up really early, even though some days I work an afternoon shift and I don't get home till nine o'clock at night. So, so I'm up quite early and I'll get home fairly late. But it's been really, really great to just get up and listen to... Sometimes podcasts, um, audio books, a little bit of positive music. And I I love metal, man. Like, I love hardcore, you know, post-hardcore, like, screaming, all that. I like really nasty rap, too. But it doesn't serve your mind the right message um, if you're not in the right place. So... I've started listening to a lot more positive stuff and I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, so I've been getting out for these walks and initially it was just, I didn't have an intention. The intention was just to get up at the same time and be walking the dog no matter what. And then I started the lives and I was like, well, that's a great way to be accountable that I'm getting out there at 6am and talk about what I'm doing, where I am, you know, what's going on. And a few days I've been really like angry or frustrated at different things. And I, it's come out in the life, you know, the frustrations that actually managed to walk 300 and just under 350 kilometers in the 30 days, um, which in, in miles is 
I don't know, it's about 211 or something, um, doing the maths. I mean, that, that I say, that's amazing. I say, when I saw the total, I was like, oh, that is just, that's just amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous in a sense, but I, I just got really excited because a lot of people started sending me pictures and messages thanking me and saying, hey, it's really cool. I love what you're saying. And sending me photos of them walking with their dog or they're out walking and, and just saying, yeah, you know, you've inspired me. And, and that's, that's all that I just love to see that the spark, the, that positive sort of, yeah, it's, it's just a little match to, to the, I don't know, you know, to the twigs. Let's get the fire going. Let's get something happening. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I was really down on myself, actually, because I wasn't going to hit the total that I set because I, my brother is a concreter and I've done a lot of concreting. And he, he rang me and said, hey, you know, my boss really wants you to, to help us out on Saturday. I'm like, man, I can't. I'm walking. I've got a, I've got a target. He's like, are you serious, man? I'm calling you up. I need help <laughs> on a job. And you're, you're going to walk the dog. That's more important. I'm like, yeah, it is. And, and I go, all right, fine. I'll, I'll come. And I was really shitty, you know. But then I was like, hey, you know what? I'll just put a video up and say, I've got to go to work. It's gotten away. But tomorrow I'm going to do a bonus day. And it's like, on the last day of January, I, I walked a just just a nudge under 30 kilometers and with a thousand meters, over a thousand meters of elevation gain. And it, it was incredible. Like three quarters of the way I was running, I was so excited, you know. Um, I was running off the chemicals in my body. It was, it was so good. And like I was three quarters of the way and as in one of my videos, I time-lapsed a section of trail that's a hike it's pretty hard and then I was talking at the end like oh god I've made it you know I was just really celebrating and it, it was really cool to capture that moment it wasn't my intention but it happened and then um, I pushed on for another hour or so and I got to the highest mountain in my, my area like, and when I got to the top I put the dog on my shoulder and took a photo and I was like, oh, well, that's great. And then I had this void of emptiness, you know? And uh, I was just like, well, that's it. I was gonna do a big sermon about my month and how great it's been and thank everyone. And I, and I couldn't, because I was like, well, it's done, it's over. Like, you know? Um, but a few days later, I reflected on it and I spoke about that. You know, it's, it's not the destination, it's the process. And it's the same thing for for anything that, that we're stepping out to achieve. So if you want to step out, you know, into the ring or onto the field of life and really have a go and, and get back there. It's, it all starts with just one one step. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely loved that message of it, it isn't the end goal. It's, it is, the you know, isn't that, that end destination. The journey is where everything happens. You know, that's where you do all your learning. And I, I just I just thought it was really, like, quite an inspiring line, really, to be honest with you. Because you kind of thought, yeah, like life life is a journey. And too many, I think, so too many times we set, 
we set, I mean, I've done it in the past where you set unrealistic goals, which are completely unachievable, but you look so much at the goal that you forget about what's happening in the here and now and what you can actually experience and what you can take away from it. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I say, I, I, I've, I've, I've started watching a few of your videos. The, the live videos, I'll, what I love about them is that they're so genuine because even when you're passing people, you're kind of saying, you know, morning and... And I think I think yeah. that's that's just ace because it's so you know because I can relate to that. It's something I do, you know, me and my son sometimes go for nature walks in the morning, and we'll be out. And he's even got down to the point now where he'll go morning to people, and I think they're almost a bit shocked that a youngsters saying morning, but because I kind of say morning to everybody that we see, because I just yeah. think it's just a friend of the way to be. You can just ignore people and have your head staring at the ground, or you can just acknowledge people. And like you say, sometimes that little acknowledgement might be what people, the, the smallest thing might be what people need in their day to kind of pair them up. Yeah, well, um, I guess I'll quickly say that during my walking months, I met so many people. I had so many conversations with others, with dogs, my dog got to interact with other dogs regularly. And even there was one Doberman that had been attacked. It was a pup and it was a little bit flighty and my dog's quite small in comparison. And I could see that the, the man that owned the dog was really hesitant about what was happening. And fortunately, I, I know a little bit about the psychology of, of the dog and and how our own physiology can affect a dog's reaction. And if you feel threatened, the dog will feel like there's a problem. Um, so I was kind of talking to this guy, I'm like, hey, it's all right, man. Like, she's a friendly dog. She's just pretty energetic. And I was, I was really relaxed, sat down. And a few minutes later, this guy was sitting next to me. We spoke for an hour and these dogs are rolling around on the ground, like playing and whatever, like chewing on a stick together. And it's he was at initially he was like well man like be careful my dog's been attacked and um but then another time i bumped into an older man he was 60 and i was walking on a back road near a potato farm and i was just took a picture of the sunrise and he just said hello and i said how are you going man and and he just goes, oh, where are you walking to? I go, I'm not sure yet. Maybe the footy club. He goes, I'm walking to Jimbrook. Do you want to walk with me? I'm like, sure, man. So I walked with this this guy. I've, I've forgotten his name. It was a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, in that time, because we were maybe three or four Ks away from a town on the same stretch of road, I learned so much about him. And I got to share so much about myself that he started to open up to me about something that was really pressing on his mind. And it, it was feelings of, of guilt and responsibility around one of his children's life and where they've gotten to and stuff. And that doesn't happen in the Macca's drive-through, you know? <laughs> so that's in essence, the, the whole point is to... get people to conversation transactional got to get out of there just like i don't need a receipt see you later um even in shops and that like i'll try and strike up a 
a different set of questions to someone behind the counter you know it's like hey like you know how's your day been so far like when does your shift finish how long have you been working here and sometimes you can really start a conversation some people that don't want to talk it's all right but i've walked into the service station and noticed that the 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 guy at the counter was looking a bit unsettled and I asked him, I said, hey, man, are you okay? And he'd just been robbed in the shop, but he wasn't going to tell anyone the store had just been robbed, you know? And I ended up talking to him, and his biggest fear was that his boss would make him pay for everything that was taken, you know? My God. And it's just like I've had other dudes at gas stations on late nights talk about how they're, you know, they're thinking about killing themselves. And... It's just by talking to somebody, you could be the person that that changes something, you know. So I don't know. That's it. I just like to put it out there and put all my pain out there for everyone to see. Um, and positive stuff too. This is a balance. Um, and it depends where, where someone is. I mean, I know myself when I'm in a really shit spot, I'm going to connect better to somebody who's, who's talking about the rawness of, of being in a shit place um, rather than somebody that's telling me, go and sit on a rock and meditate and find your Zen and just talk yeah, to yeah. the world and it's going to speak to you, you know? It's like, it's a little bit freaking hard, man, you know? Um, yeah. So where do you want to take your podcast now? Where do I want to take it? Yeah. Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, at the moment, you know, it's on multiple platforms. We're looking at doing... Um, I've, I've got a friend of mine who's going through some stuff as well, but we're trying to do um, like a Facebook live event every every month as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the minute, I'm I'm kind of just I'll keep I'll, I'll I'll keep plodding on like it is at the moment because I mean I've I've been just just so overwhelmed and so surprised at, at I suppose how how well it's it's been received and and how positive people have reacted to it as well, um, and even how how much of a, a difference it's made to some people. You know, I mean, you know, friends of mine, people I ain't even met before, you know, were on some of the Facebook groups that I've that I've joined, you know, getting in touch. It, it it's been brilliant, but I think all all I all I want to do at the moment is just talk about the journey and that it's it's okay to not be okay and. You know, there's, there's plenty of people out there who are, who are going through the same thing, who who are always, you know, there to talk and, and there to be a, an ear. You know, I've already said on, on multiple podcasts and on the live podcast that we've done in the past is, you know, I'm always, if anybody wants to message me, just message me, give me a phone number, I can call you. I'll, I'll happily speak to anybody if, if they need an ear to speak, you know, if you just need someone to speak to, no problem at all. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, who knows where this will go? Do you know? I'm, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't. You see, it's, it's real difficult to because I suppose when I when I first kind of started doing it, I just thought it'll just be something that that I maybe do for a, do for a, do for a, like a, maybe a couple of months. But yeah, I think this is going to be something that I'll I'll probably just keep doing for a long, long time now. Can I ask you? That jumper you got on, man. Is that the podcast? Yeah, it is. Yeah, my wife got me it for my birthday. It's um, it's the logo. Oh, cool. Yeah, my um, yeah. a friend I used to work with. She uh, works at a, a printing place in Hull, and my wife yeah. had got in touch with her because she knew, um, she knew she was really good at like designing. And uh, I'd kind of mocked up a logo, but it wasn't any good, to be honest with you. It was okay, but um, she she said to her about, you know, getting a, a hoodie done. So when he does his podcasts, he's got he's got something to wear with his um, with, the, with a logo on. And uh, she said, oh, well, do you think he'd mind if I maybe add a bit of a redesign of the, of the logo, see if we can get him some. And my wife was like, oh, no, I'm sure he'll be absolutely made up. And, and yeah, I am. It, it's it's brilliant. It looks incredible, man. Yeah. So, yeah, like so there's, you know, merchandise. How much? <laughs> What's the price? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think this cost about £25 in English money, I think it was, something like that, for the printing. Yeah. Really good. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. I've got, I've got some more things. I, I, well, I ordered some more things for my birthday money. So. All right. Well, I've got, uh, I've got yeah, some. man. If, if, uh, I'd like to, yeah, put it out there that I've put it. I'll put one on if you. I'll, I'll send you some money, man. <laughs> man, that's amazing. I'll walk around with it on. I'll train in the gym with it on. If you want. Jesus, man, that's amazing. So we'll, we'll work that out later on. But yeah, yeah. It's a really cool hoodie, so, yeah. No, that's cool. No. I just, um, so, yeah, so I think I'm going to end it here then, Rob. Honestly, yeah, yeah. mate, thank you so much for coming out. It's, it's really appreciated. Um, for everyone who, uh, who wants to uh, check out Rob on facebook as i say advantage mindsets i would really you know encourage people to check out the page there's some really inspiring stuff on there some great stories and i say the live videos uh, are just the nice and honest and you get a real sense of of the genuine person that rob is as well so uh yeah give that a check out but rob thank you so much for joining us today mate that's all right, Nick. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's it's really cool, and it's it's been a pleasure. Cheers, so mate. Thank you. What you're doing, man. Yeah, will do, mate. Thank you. No worries.